0: Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. Hey, before we jump into the lesson, one of the things I always like to do is to put on your radar screen some possibilities of you being in the room where leadership is happening. I believe very much that leadership is caught, it's not just taught. As much as we can learn leadership from a distance, there's something about being in the room with leaders. And I want to invite you to some upcoming events. Our Pastors Conference, which is called the North Texas Leadership Conference, will happen on October 21st and 22nd. I want to encourage you to come. Now, let me be just totally transparent. You can go to com and you can sign up. But when you sign up, please understand the full registrations are totally full. We have already filled them up. They were filled up literally almost the day the conference was over. But there are limited registrations where you can come, you can be a part, you can hear some fantastic teaching, some great opportunity. So I just want to encourage you, if you will, uh, to go to com and sign up. Also on August 23rd, I'll be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I will be doing four hours of leadership training. Uh, You can come and be a part of that. And then on September 28th, I'll be in Canton, Ohio, and I will be doing uh, a roundtable. Now, this roundtable is just fabulous information. I believe that it is game changer. The information on the difference between uh, the anointing and adrenaline is gold. You need to come, but you can sign up for that online at geraldbrooksministries.com. Hey, today I want to talk to you about life lessons for leaders. Life lessons for leaders. I think it's because of my age I've become more intrigued with people's last lessons than their first lessons. And what I mean by that is that when David in the Old Testament said, I've been young, but now I'm old. What he's doing is he's not only offering principle, but he's offering perspective. And today, there's some life lessons that I believe we can learn from the Apostle Paul. And it's the very tail end of his journey down here on this thing we call planet Earth. And they're found in Acts chapter 28. Now, Acts chapter 28 is the very, very end of the logistical journey that he has taken. And I want us to look at it. It says in chapter 28 and verse 1, Now when they had escaped, they then found out that the island was called Malta. Now, here's the thing. Um, When you begin to lead and you begin to have perspective, here's a principle that you learn. God is going to get you where you need to be. God is going to get you where you need to be. Now, I can't emphasize that enough because sometimes people come with great frustration and say, I'm not sure I'm where God wants me to be. I'm not sure that I'm uh, at the place that God wants me to be at right now. I'm not sure. Here's what principle and perspective tell you. God is going to get you where you need to be. If we jump down to verse 14, here's what we see where we found brethren on this island and were invited to stay with them seven days, and so we went towards Rome. Now, this isn't just geographical locations. This is God's will for Paul. God's will for Paul was that he would go to Rome, that he would preach the gospel at the highest levels of the government, that he would literally preach before Caesar. But what this principle teaches us is this if you want to be in the will of God, then God will do his part. No matter what it's looking like, if your passion is, I want to fulfill the purpose, I want to accomplish the will of God, then what that means is, is God will do his part. See, if you look at Paul's journey and acts, there are twists, there are turns, there are ups and it's downs. But when you reach the end of the story, it's very simple. I said that you're going there. Everything that happens doesn't matter. I'm going to get you there. And I think that one of the things God wants every leader to know is that roadblocks or detours do not stop God's plan. Roadblocks or detours do not stop God's plan. So the first principle, God's going to get you where you need to be. If you have a passion to be in the will of God, God's going to get you in the will the place His will has for you. And so many people think that, hey, you know what? I I, want to be in the will of God. I'm just not sure I'm in the will of God. I'm not sure with all the things that are going on. Here's what I can tell you. God will do His part. If you want to be in the will of God, you will end up right where God wants you to be. That's what's happening with Paul. This very last chapter of Acts, God's saying to everybody, hey, A lot of twists, a lot of turns, a lot of ups and downs, but let me just make it clear, you're going to Rome. So be confident of this thing, that God's going to get you where he wants you to be. The second thought is your path in the will of God will be circuitous. It will not be a straight line. We've already talked about that because this whole chapter starts with them being shipwrecked and them escaping the shipwreck and them being found on an island. And all of it has to do with the fact that if you were to look back over Paul's journeys, there's all these little seem uh, like rabbit trails and you're wondering what in the world, what is this? But one thing you need to understand is God does not take anybody on a straight line. We learn that profoundly in the Old Testament. We know that when God delivered Israel from Egypt, he said, I want you to go to the promised land. We know that geographically they could have walked in a straight line. It would have been a seven to 11 day journey for them to be able to get to the promised land. But as soon as they get to the promised land, God Tells them to turn. And he makes them turn in a direction that's inconsistent with the location. Why? Because God doesn't take anyone on a straight line. And if you're looking back over your life and you're plotting your life, there are all of these little jetties that you go down. There's all of these little roads that seem like a dead end. There's all of these options out there. But one of the things that you have to understand is God is taking you on a journey because when he is asking you to do something, it's not just that he wants you to do something, he wants you to become something. And so in Israel's case, they were free from Egypt in the physical sense, but Egypt wasn't out of them. And everything that happened was God trying to say, hey, you're out of Egypt, but I need Egypt out of you. And God takes us on all these detours because they force us to deal with the interior of our lives, making sure it's not just what we do, but what we become. Please get it. When this is all said and done, God's going to look at two things. What did we do? and what did we become? What did we do, and what did we become? And what God's going to say is, hey, I put you on this planet to do something. I put you on this planet to become something. And both of those are important. And so you do what God wants you to do, but you become who God wants you to become. And so the path will always be circuitous. It'll never be in a straight line. And if your path doesn't seem to make sense, you're probably right in the will of God. So what do we find out from Paul? God's going to get you where you need to be. Your path in the will of God will be circuitous. It will not be a straight line. Number three, people will surprise you. People will surprise you. In verse two of chapter 28, and the natives showed us unusual kindness. Boy, isn't that an interesting statement? They showed us unusual kindness. Here's the thing, those individuals that you don't think will help you may be the people who help you the most. And many times in leadership, those that you think will help you will end up helping you the least. And see, that's important knowledge to have as a leader, because sometimes we let the disappointment of someone that we thought would be profoundly helpful in our lives we let the disappointment of what they didn't do stop us from appreciating all the people that God brought out of nowhere to do things that needed to be done. And so those who you think want sometimes will be your best supporters, and those that you think will, at times, will be the people who disappoint you the most. But it says, they showed us unusual kindness. So, number three, there will always be paradoxes of faith. There will always be paradoxes of faith. You know, I grew up in a tradition of faith, and that was the emphasis of our message. Hebrews chapter 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 13. We having the same spirit of faith, according it is written, we believe and uh, he believed and therefore he spoke. We believe and therefore we speak. So all, all the verses on faith are very, very dear to my heart. But again, when you look at Paul's end, you see some paradoxes. And in verse 3 and 5, but when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on a fire, a viper came out because of the heat and bit him on his hand. And when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, They said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer whom he has escaped from the sea, yet justice does not allow him to leave. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. See, the villagers knew that the viper killed. They knew that there were no uh, second chances, that there was no antidote to the venom that the viper had. Yet Paul's going to live. Do you get this paradox? Here's the paradox. God protects him so that he can be martyred. Now, put that in your faith equation. God's going to protect Paul so he can go to Rome, so he can be martyred for his faith. God's going to protect Paul so that he can be martyred for his faith. Is that not a paradox? When you take your journey with God as a leader, there are going to be moments of profound questions of faith where you're going to look around and you say, well, if it's this, why this? If it's here, Why here, you're going to look at that and you're going to scratch your head. And I'm just telling you, if at the end of your life, your theology and your life totally match up, I want you to write the book. I want you to write the book because I've never met anyone who at the end of their life looked back and their theology and their life were totally in sync. Because sometimes there's paradoxes. And I like to tell people, uh, when, when you're a person of faith, it's all right to have questions. Just let your faith be bigger than your questions. Don't let your questions be bigger than your faith. Right there, I could help some of you. See, a lot of people let their questions drive them crazy. Here's the bottom line. I have a lot of questions. But I never allow my questions to be bigger than my faith. God can answer any question he wants to answer. I ask him to, but if he chooses not to answer it, I'm still going to be a person of faith. So there will always be paradoxes of faith. The next principle, you may not be where you thought you should be, but help everyone regardless. Now, that is a great lesson for young and old. You may not be where you thought you would be, but if you're there, help everyone you can. And in chapter 28, verses 8 and 9, and it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever, and Paul went into him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him, and he healed them. And so when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases came and were healed. This guy's shipwrecked. This guy's just survived a storm at sea. The ship has broken up on the rocks. They swum for their lives. They are on an island. They weren't planning it. This wasn't, you know, a vacation destination for them. This was a disaster. He's on this island. So what does he do? He helps everyone he can, whenever he can, wherever he can. And I'm telling you, that's the heartbeat of leadership. Help everyone you can, whenever you can, wherever you can. And so, in the middle of that, we see. Paul beginning to be this person, this person who's at the end of his life. He says, I don't know why I'm in this place, but I'm going to help people. Well, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm going to find people that I can minister to. And when you have the outlook that wherever you are, you're going to be effective for God, that's when you will excel. See, some people, they give up on leading because they don't like the location they're in. But remember the principle I've taught? When you become a leader, you lose the right to think about yourselves. You think about God. You think about other people, but you lose thinking about you. Oh, this isn't where I want to be. This isn't what I want to do. Well, I'm just not happy with this. Well, I'm not happy with that. Get over it and become a leader. As you can tell, I'm passionate about leadership. And what I'm passionate about is that we need leaders in this world today, and too many people are self-consumed, so they can't be God-consumed, and they can't be other people consumed. So, you may not be where you thought you should be, but help everyone regardless. Enjoy the journey. It says in verse 15, and from there, when the brethren heard about us, they came to meet us. And they met us at three ends, and when Paul saw them, he thanked God and took courage. You know what? Ministry and leadership is hard. But when you have a moment of enjoyment, enjoy it. When you're around a group of people that that are your fellow laborers and you're just having fun and a good time, have fun. And have a good time. Enjoy the journey. Find those moments. Count it all joy. Enjoy that particular time. I think it was Irma Bombeck who made this statement where she said, Fake joy is better than real depression. Fake joy is better than real depression. I agree with her. Sometimes life's depressing, but have some fake joy. If you can't be joyous in God, just enjoy something. So enjoy the journey. The next thing is, let God's word be your legacy. Let God's word be your legacy. Verse 23, so when they appointed him a day, Many came to him at his lodging to whom he explained and solemnly testified of the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning uh, Jesus from both the law of Moses and the prophets from the morning till evening. This is when he's in Rome and he's in his own house, but he's under guard. People are coming and people are going, and as they come and they go, here's the thing he's preaching the gospel. See, the word of God's going to be his legacy. It's going to be the foundation that he's going to leave behind. For generations, people are going to hear the stories of Paul and they're going to hear the life of Paul, but they're going to hear the message of Paul, a message from the law of Moses and the prophets that he was faithful to adhere to. And then in verse 31, preaching the kingdom of God, in teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence and no one forbidding him. That's how the book of Acts ends. It's not much of an ending. It's not much of a moment where you're going to sit around and you're going to say, wow. But you know what I love about that? The clock's ticking on Paul. His days are less rather than more. But he didn't retire from his message or his ministry. He was faithful to communicate both. This whole thing ends with him telling people about Jesus. Too many people are looking for a way to retire. Retirement's not our goal. Faithfulness is we're not looking for a way to get out of doing the will of God. We're looking to be faithful to the will of God. I want you to get these are life lessons for leaders. God is going to get you where you need to be. Your path in the will of God will be circuitous. it will not be a straight line. People are going to surpri- surpri- uh, sorry people are going to surprise you. And there will always be paradoxes of faith. You may not be where you thought you should be, but help everyone regardless. Take time and enjoy the journey. Let God's word be your legacy. And remember, when you're at the end of your life, the end of your life is just being faithful to God in life. I love these lessons. They inspire me. They help me so much. I pray that they help you. Again, our Pastors Conference, October 21st and 22nd. You want to be in a room where leadership is going to be at a high level. Come and join us. We have partial registrations. You can register online. Uh, Also, Pittsburgh, August 23rd. And then September 28th, the roundtable. You need to sign up for this. It's not just show up, it's sign up. And that is on September 28th. Thank you so much for joining us today.